Hello, a very warm welcome to edition number 17 of Harmony UK, the podcast about the exciting world of British barbershop harmony singing. I'm John Beasley and we're starting 2019 in Bristol at a day-long event which has seen an extraordinary convergence of musical talent. Uh, we'll be hearing from not one, but two gold medal winning female quartets, Fortuity and Avalon, who are both here to coach members of the Lab's youth choruses before they all take part together in an evening concert. Over the next half hour or so, we'll also be surveying the barbershop blogosphere. When I see something that I think needs saying, you know, and I, am I going to put my big girl pants on and, and say something? And then I think, well, if not me, then who? That's Dr Liz Garnett, arranger, author, contest judge and musical director who'll be telling me about her long-running and thought-provoking blog, Helping You Harmonise. And we'll also be meeting the owner of this slightly disguised mystery voice. The sort of questions I ask is things that almost everybody else wants to ask. If I tell you that the disguise was a condition of the interview, then you may be able to work out which social media barbershop phenomenon we're talking about. All will be revealed soon. But first... As you can hear, there is a certain amount of merriment going on at this coaching session in Bristol. The Ladies' Association of British Barbershop Singers, in fact, runs two distinct youth choruses, one for under-18s and one for over-18s. There are 41 singers from both groups here today. They often sing together on stage and they meet several times a year for joint rehearsals like this one. The director of the Lab's Youth Choruses is Buda Bruin. She also sings tenor with Avalon, from whom we will be hearing later. But for now, I ask Boo about her role with the Youth Choruses. So this is my fourth year running the Youth Chorus. Um, I started out, the job I actually applied for was Lab's Youth Coordinator, so sort of organising workshops and doing things with youth quartets. Um, but at the same time that I took over, um, Claire Barnett-Jones, who was supposed to be directing the Youth Chorus, um, sadly had to step down because her professional career sort of as a singer was taking off. So somehow I ended up directing the whole thing as well. And the chorus had been through a little bit of a hiatus when you took over, hadn't it? Yes, so they, um, they sort of had a, a fallow year, had a year off, and then we, we relaunched it um, three years ago, and it's just been kind of going from strength to strength since then. What's the benefit to labs, do you think, of, of having a chorus like this? Well, I think it's really nice for a lot of the younger women in choruses to have somewhere that they can get together because sometimes it can be a bit funny sort of being the, the only person under 40, say, in a chorus, and it's nice to have an opportunity to get to know some other young barbershoppers, and I think that probably helps with retention in the rest of labs choruses. And also it's just a really nice way to get some of the much younger girls involved. So a lot of our younger singers have got mums or grandmas who sing in labs choruses, and they kind of want to get involved, but understandably a lot of the labs choruses don't take members under 18 so it's somewhere that they can come and experience barbershop and also feel part of the lab's community and feel part of convention. And when you say under 18, some of the singers in the chorus were well under 18. We've got some, some girls that are primary school age. Oh yes, so we, we take them as young as seven. Um, we've got a few seven-year-olds. It tends to more start about nine. Um, but even some of the primary ones um, sing harmony parts, so we do have some, some baritones who are in primary school. Does, does that throw up some challenges for you? I mean, how difficult is, is harmony for, for, for children of that age when we're, we're talking about singing in four parts like you were just now? I think it, it very much varies depending on the child. So most of the youngest ones all sing lead. Um, we do have a few who can pick out the harmony um, very, very early. But for the most part, it tends to be when they get to secondary school, they start branching out when they sort of become teenagers and start going, oh, I'd like to have a go at tenor, I'd like to have a go at baritone. And what about the choice of music? Uh, noticeable that you, you had a pretty modern song there, didn't you? Hallelujah. And I gather you're doing uh, uh, another one that's been in a, in a fairly recent film. Yes, so we're also doing um, True Colours by Cindy Lauper. So I suppose it's not that modern a song, but um, certainly they're kind of familiar with it. And I think the girls do like singing things that, they, um, that they've sort of heard before, that they know the tunes of. But equally, we do some much older stuff as well. I mean, really, the only kind of hard and fast rule we have is that I, I like doing things that are kind of empowering good songs for young women. So we don't really sing any love songs with the main youth chorus. We sort of do things about finding the strength inside yourself and things like that. 
What about maintaining a, a course of this standard? Because you, you've actually done extremely well. At Lab's convention, it's noticeable how, how well the youth chorus does each year. Oh, thank you very much. Um, we're very lucky that all the girls put in a lot of time um, on their own. We only rehearse together as a full chorus um, four times a year. So the whole thing is kind of um, dependent on people doing their homework and looking at music beforehand. Um, but also we're quite sensible in our music choices. So we try not to choose anything that's too complicated or, or too difficult for them. And we make sure that they've got really good teach tracks and they make really good use of those. And I, I guess that the other um, organisations, Sweet Adelines and Babs, perhaps look at you rather enviously. Babs has tried to revive its youth chorus. They tried to have a youth chorus stream at Harmony College last year. Didn't quite work out. And although they got some younger singers together, I'm not sure that they would yet describe it as a, as, as a full-time youth chorus. What, what is the secret of, 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 of Labs being able to maintain this chorus and, 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 and replenish it each year? Because people must get older they must they must leave you 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 need to get people in at the other end don't you absolutely i mean in terms of the harmony college thing it's actually it's really hard to put together a youth chorus stream we did try at the the last labs harmony college only happens every three years ago so in 2016 we did try then but a lot of people um sort of couldn't commit to that and couldn't commit to the cost involved in attending harmony college which is understandable i think we're quite lucky that we've sort of got a core group it was very hard at the beginning getting things relaunched but once you've sort of got a small group who always come back it's much easier to add in extra singers to that and I'm really hopeful that the men will find a way to make it work at some point but it is a lot of work for people to begin with and it's sort of finding a team that can maintain it and can support each other through that. Now we're talking in a a rather dull Drich day in (laughs) Bristol in the middle of January. There is a concert with Fortuity and Avalon this evening and also uh, the the youth chorus taking part. Are these youngest members going to be on stage this evening? Absolutely so there's 40 one singers here today plus fortuity um and i think we've we're losing maybe three or four of them um, who some of the girls have traveled a really long way to be here and when they've got sort of a three-hour drive to get home a couple of them are, are not able to stick around with us but yeah certainly we're going to have some seven-year-olds on the stage this evening um, so that's why we put them in the first half so they can all have a little nap afterwards fantastic well i hope it all goes really well and uh, and, and have a great rest of the day thank you so much Cindy Lauper's True Colours, as performed by the Labs Youth Chorus at that evening concert on January the 12th in Bristol. The title of the show was Avalon and Friends, and you can view the first half uh, if you search the internet for the video. Uh, The easiest way to find it is from the link on the Avalon Quartet Facebook page. Well, Avalon are the 2018 Labs Gold Medal Quartet, and as I promised, we will hear from them a little later on. But there was another Champion Ladies Quartet there on the day too. Fortuity, 2018 Gold Medal winners from Sweet Adeline's Region 31, and they gave an impromptu performance for their fellow singers after lunch. Hello world in a song Hello, Fortuity. Hello. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. I'm Gemma. I'm the lead of Fortuity. I'm Barry, and I sing tenor. I'm Sophie, and I sing beat. And I'm Sarah, and I sing the baritone part. Well, it's great to see you here. And you, you, you'll be singing this evening with both Avalon and the Labs Youth Choir. And I saw from your website that you're particularly keen on, on helping when it comes to bringing through younger singers. Yeah, it's it's super important to keep the hobby going, isn't it? So, yeah, we're always involved. We love to be involved in stuff like that. That's how you started. It's how I started. Well, tell us how you started. Go on. Well, well, I started... My mum was six months pregnant with me when she first started singing Barbershop, and so I kind of grew up in Barbershop. So, yeah, I was subjected to it from a young age. (laughs) (laughs) So do do you have a mentor, a particular mentor, that you look back on from that time? Um, I mean, 
my favourite quartet from a really young age has been the Growing Girls, which are a Swedish quartet that won international back in 1989. So, like, they, they're definitely my idols. Yeah, without a doubt. And, and what about the rest of you? I mean, how long have you you've been... I mean, I know you've been singing Barbershop together for about seven or eight years, haven't you? Uh, yes, although I joined the quartet quite recently, uh, I think two or three years ago now. Um, yeah, and I'd always previously idolised these guys, so, I, you know, I, d- I don't anymore. But I love them, so... <laughs> she now knows us. <laughs> knows us too well now to idolise us. <laughs> and and what, what is... Let me, let me, it's, uh, it's Sarah at the end there, isn't it? Yeah. Sarah, what, what is it that keeps the quartet together? Because you, again, you, Avalon I've just been speaking to, they're a long distance quartet. You're a long distance quartet too. Well, they, they all say that it's me that keeps us going because, uh, just because I sort of crack the whip and I make sure that we are at places where we need to be at whatever time. And, but ultimately it's all of us wanting to do it. We all love singing together. And so the best bit about this hobby is when you actually get a chance to get together, not just to sing, but to have some fun. You started, I think, competing with labs and you then moved to Region 31. What was it that drove that change? Well, we were actually all members of Sweet Adelines already and we actually joined labs. So we were, we were both members of both organisations at the same time and it just so happened that the labs contest um, that we won, we had already competed in Sweet Ads by that time but we didn't win Sweet Adelines until after the labs contest. And I wonder, do you prepare for labs and sweet adelines competitions in slightly different ways because of course they're judged differently and the rules are are, are just a little different i think so because i mean i I don't know if i could really put a finger on what's different about it but they are both very different and i mean with the labs contest there's two rounds so you you do the semi-finals and then you do the finals later on that day whereas with sweet adelines it's one contest and then if you happen to qualify for international that's kind of the next stage of the contest and some of the songs that you competed with, I was looking at your performance of, of, of Once Upon a Time, which is a beautiful song, and I, I love the way that you sing it. It's, it's a very traditional barbershop song as well, isn't it? Yes, it is, um, and we love it. It's uh, the, the sort of chords and the, the way the melody line goes. It is, it is very traditional barbershop, and we do love that. Um, and we sort of tried to open up our repertoire and have some more modern songs and some new fun ones that aren't barbershop and are more harmony, and it's just a lot of fun to sing the both. Once upon a time, we were so in love. Once upon a time, a boy with moonlight in his eyes held his hand in me so Quartet has changed in, in other ways over the past seven years. I mean, you have a, a new member now as well. Is it a different personality to the quartet from when you first started off? I think it's a different personality mainly because we've just grown in the hobby. So when we first started, we were just as green as everybody else is here. And you, the more you do, the more confident you become and the easier you find just being yourself as a quartet rather than trying to be something that people expect you to be so when when you're more yourself it's more natural and you just feel comfortable with it so I suppose we're now more comfortable in our own skin and in our own identity 
Do you feel the weight of expectation on you more, though, as well? Because you're, you're what, 13th yeah. in the world at the moment, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's, there's definitely an expectation there. But it, it's, um, so we, at our last international in October last year, just gone, and we were in St. Louis. And the day before contest, Varian managed to break her elbow. Um, and so we actually spent a good 24 hours before we were on stage just worrying about Varian, which took a lot of that pressure away. And it was actually, it was really nice. We enjoyed it a lot more. But there, there is pressure there. But everybody is behind us. We have such supportive region in, in Sweet Adelines and all of the labs um, people behind us. It's, it's nice to feel that. So Varian, tell me, how, how did you deal with your broken elbow? <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, painkillers and a sli- I just dealt with it. I don't know, but it but you went on stage with the elbow in a sling? I did. Well, because the thing is, I wasn't going to. And then as the time went on, it started getting more painful. And I was like, I'm just going to be worrying about the pain. So in the end, I just had a sling. Well, actually, we borrowed a scarf that matched my dress. So it looked it looked like it was part of it. Big shout out to Lace City Chorus yeah. and Helen Abbott, who whipped up a, a scarf a in like scarf. an hour. Yeah. They're very aptly named Lace City, aren't they? They are, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Tell us about this year then, because I, I, I saw on Facebook uh, an advert which looked like a trailer for a momentous movie where you're appealing with uh, you're, you're appearing with Finest Hour. Yeah. We are, yeah. We get to do a show with Finest Hour, which is really exciting. And um, Johnny put the, the trailer together, which was, it did look like a, a movie. It was amazing. But yeah, that's at the end of February. 23rd? 23rd of February. And, and in March, you're appearing in London. Yes, we are on a show with um, London City Singers. So that's on the 23rd of March, in fact. I think our first show in this lineup was with London City Singers, yes. so it'll be really, really nice to go back and sing with them again because yeah. they're amazing women and we really enjoy singing with them. And uh, a chorus did, did amazingly well again at uh, Region 31 last year. Yeah, they won the small chorus competition. And uh, yeah, they'll be going back to contest next year, so uh, big things in their future, I think. So we talked about the concerts. Can we hear you anywhere else? Yeah, so we have a CD coming out soon. We're not sure when the date is, but we've just finished recording it in December. So in the next few months, Yay. if you just keep an eye out on Facebook, we'll probably announce it. Hashtag album. Hashtag album. <laughs> yeah. It sounds very modern. I know. We're, we're very modern. Well, the thing we're is, all down with the kids. Yeah, the reason we did it is because any time we do any posts on Facebook, we put a million hashtags after yeah. it. So it just made sense for us to name our album a hashtag. What about the longer term for your own quartet, for Fortuity? Are, are there things that you haven't yet done that you'd still like to do? I mean, we always have a goal, yeah. We've we've always had a goal, and we just hope to do the best we can every time we go to international. And we all, Our aim is always to be in the top ten, so we're edging ever closer. So that so. top ten place is, mm. is, is the next goal? It is, yeah, that's the next one. Now, right now, well, yes sir, that's my baby now, right now. Who's who I rave about? Who do I feel blue without? Winter, summer, spring, and spring and fall. What was I just gonna say? I forget, but anyway, here's the most important thing of all. Here's the best of all. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, that's my baby. No, sir. No, sir. And I don't mean maybe. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's my baby now. Baby now. Baby now. Yes, sir. Amen. Confess, man, that we've decided. No, sir. Amen. No, no, man. No, we won't hide it. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. You're invited. You're gonna hear me say I'll shout it right out loud I'm so proud Yes sir, that's my baby No sir, I don't mean maybe Yes sir, say that's my baby now, right now Well yes sir, that's my baby now Yes sir, that's my baby now No sir, I don't mean maybe now You're invited now Oh you're Fortuity singing Yes Sir, That's My Baby, a performance which helped them secure the 2018 Region 31 gold medal in Gateshead. You also heard them singing Once Upon a Time from Internationals in 2016 and a short excerpt from the Growing Girls performing Hello My Ragtime Gal along with the Male Quartet 2nd Edition. 
You can find all those performances on YouTube. And if you'd like tickets for either of the shows just mentioned, well, Fortuity are with Finest Hour in Nottingham on February the 23rd, and there's a link on their Facebook page. Uh, the show with London City Singers is a month later on March the 23rd. Details are on the LCS website. This is the Harmony UK podcast with something to ward off the winter chill. Oh. Ba, 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 Shining in the sky, there ain't a cloud inside. It's stop raining, everybody's in a play. And don't you know, it's a beautiful new day. Now running down the avenue, see how the sun shines brightly in the city on the streets where once was baby Mr. Blue. Blue sky is living here today. One of the most remarkable collaborations in British Barbershop. The Quartet Reckless performing ELO's Mr Blue Sky, especially arranged for them by Dr Liz Garnett. Liz is a musical polymath. A musicologist and author, she's a former head of postgraduate studies at the Birmingham Conservatoire. In Barbershop, she's known for her many arrangements for leading choruses and quartets. As a labs contest judge, a singing coach and for the past year as the MD of the Babs Chorus, the Telfordaires. Her book, The British Barbershopper, in 2005, broke new ground when it explored the growth of the hobby in a wider cultural context. Well, Liz is also a woman of strong opinions, some of which she expresses in her long-running and thoughtful blog, Helping You Harmonise. When I spoke to her about it down the line, I asked Liz how she got started as a blogger. It's hard to remember exactly now. I mean, it's, ten, it's over 10 years since I've been doing it, so the origins are a little lost in the mist. It was partly that the website with the blog and the arrangements and such, it was partly in preparation. I was taking the step of moving out of working in higher education to going freelance. So the kind of, that was definitely part of that process. But the ideas in the blog were things that had been brewing for some time before that I used to keep a thinking book. In fact, I do still keep a thinking book where I kind of process things I was interested in. And I'd always kind of had the idea that form of writing that was analytical but informal suited me. And then they invented blogs. So I was kind of a blogger waiting to happen for some time before they invented the internet. Reading the blogs, you, you get the impression that you have given considerable thought to these before you set them down on paper. Does that mean that it's not an immediate process? Very often you'll see something or you'll hear something or do something, but it doesn't come out till, till maybe months later. It, it varies. Some things are kind of immediate processing. When I've been and coached somebody or been to an event, then kind of the writing the blog is part of the processing of the experience, part how I make sense of what I've been going on in my life. So that's kind of thinking I would have been doing before, but doing it in public. Other times I get an idea and it still goes in my thinking book and it might be some time before I go back to it and process it fully. And that begs the question, of course, about the feedback. Do you find that you... You thrive on feedback, that to some extent you depend on it. Do, does, does what people say about things that you've written make you think, well, maybe I should revisit that or develop it in more detail? To an extent, these days I get a lot more discussion about it um, on Facebook than I do actually on the blog itself. Very few people comment on the blog. And when I started out, that was quite a disappointment. That, you know, that the, the genre was about engagement and I wasn't getting much. And I've learned that actually people think a lot more than they actually end up commenting. And I might get conversations about things or emails or Facebook comments. So that's very much part of the dialogue. But sometimes they just put things out there and you don't know till months later that someone's been thinking about it. And you run into them at an event and they'll tell you that they've thought about it. And that's like, oh, so I wasn't the only person who's interested in that. That's nice. And which things tend to provoke the most feedback? Because, I mean, the, the, there's a wide range from your, your practical experience of arranging and some of the issues that have come up from you as an arranger to a couple of blogs very recently about feminism and the patriarchy. 
Yeah, well, I, the, the feminism is always in there at the background. My, my PhD was on, on music and gender, so that goes right back to the start of me as a scholar before I was a barbershopper. So that pops in there. It varies. Sometimes I can tell which ones are going to rile people up. And I do sometimes, um, I'm sometimes a brat, and I do know that. But sometimes ones, I, I, I can't always predict. It's, sometimes it'll be something that's very practical about the life of singers and... I suppose the things that relate to our emotional reactions to ourselves as singers often get not necessarily as much discussion, but response, that, pe- that people react to it and say it speaks to them. Um, Is this a particularly good time then to be a blogger? Because... The nature of barbershop, it seems to me, is changing in some ways, not only in the way that we sing, there are, there are mixed groups springing up, mixed voice groups, but also in, in the people who are doing it. There seem to be a, a, a lot younger people coming in at the moment, and, and they seem to come from a fairly wide background too. Yes. I mean, one of the things that's interesting, of course, as someone who's been involved for quite a lot of time now, is continuing to write about a subject as my book from 2005 gets increasingly out of date. Um, so, and there's always the kind of the documented elements and what extent are the themes are they consistent and to what extent are things changing I have a post brewing that I've not yet published but I've got drafted on the liberalisation of the barbershop style for example and some of the implications of that as kind of as an observation on culture and, and the practical problems as an arranger of how you deal with it and the decisions you make the idea we've got a lot of young, younger people coming in. I think we always had, it, but they tend to come in waves. Some of us didn't always used to be quite as old as we are now. <laughs> uh, uh, well, indeed, yes. I, I, I often look in the mirror and feel that myself. Is that there are among the younger people? Of course, they were raised in a rather different culture, and there's been a a, a lot of discussion of barbershop lyrics recently. Uh, you did it yourself, actually, in a very recent blog where you were talking about the possessiveness of, of, of songs and, and tags that end mine or mine. Do you think we need to think more carefully about what we sing as well as how we sing it? Oh, yes, and there's, that's definitely been part of the inclusion agenda. And it's interesting that things that people, if people have kind of observed that, you know, my wild Irish rose and female sexual agency, kind of problematic for as long, you know, that feminism's been around for a good long time, but it's become, it's kind of come into the barbershop bubble and people are having the conversations. And that has to be healthy. And it does, you know, people, it, it disturbs people. When everyone likes the idea of inclusion so long as it doesn't involve really changing what they already do. But having the different perspectives has to be valuable and growing up, we'll, we'll have conversations about it, we'll figure out our way through. You've been quite happy sometimes in your blog to make waves. When the Barbershop Harmony Society introduced their Everyone in Harmony initiative, you were fairly critical of the way that they had dealt with women barbershoppers in the past. Yes, and and how they dealt with it in their big Everyone in Harmony. It was kind of like they just invented women and they made some edits to the video in response to that. You know, To do them justice, they were very open to hearing feedback. I'm not convinced they've really thought through the implications of some of that feedback. There are still quite a lot of women who are quite uncomfortable with some of the things they're doing and how they're going about them. Well, like what, for example? Well, in, introduce how they're just a sudden, all of a sudden, hey, and now we're going to have female members, and you can, um, how they're introducing female membership without really thinking through strategically what it means for their, for their own organisation or what it means for women's organisations. And I've, and I've met, you know, I've met members of the BHS board and they look me in the eye and say, we're not trying to poach people from other organisations. And I believe them, but that, that, that's their intention. But how they're going about things isn't always making things comfortable. To ask a question about something about making waves. Yes, I, I do sometimes. And when I see something that I think needs saying, you know, and I, am I going to put my big girl pants on and, and say something? And then I think, well, if not me, then who? Because I do have a sense of, I had an independent identity as a scholar already, and I've got that as a safe place to stand from. And I've built a platform. And there are people who, when I express opinions that are kind of possibly speaking truth to power, are grateful to me, and they tell me so. So I kind of, it's, it's not just for me I'm doing this. It's having a voice for points of view that aren't necessarily at the heart of institutions. You know, institutions need people to speak back to them. What do other scholars beyond the world of barbershop i know that you 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 have a, a lot of links with a, a a lot of other areas of choral music what do they make of your your interest in barbershop because the, sometimes i think some of us can feel well 
maybe other people from outside say, well, it's a bit of a quirk. It's a bit of an eccentricity. Do you, do, do, do you get any of that? Um, yes, it's quite interesting. Scholars tend to respect it as an area of, of, of research because that's kind of what scholars do. The musical world, musicological world I come from, critical musicology, has been very much about critiquing the idea that the great works or great masters were all, all music's about and exploring other musics. And my scholarship has been very much part of that move of looking at music as a social phenomenon. And if people do it, then it's worth studying. Possibly choral practitioners tend to be the ones who kind of have a slightly, sometimes snooty, not always, but say when, I, when I've been an adjudicator in a barbershop class at, a, at an event with, with a number of different choral genres, sometimes I have to hit people quite hard over the head with my credentials. You mentioned your book, uh, The British Barbershopper from 2005, which I think, to my knowledge, is the only book to have been written about barbershop in this country so far. I'm just wondering whether, uh, whether it needs updating. Have you thought of bringing out a new edition? Well, there are things that have become out of date, but I think going back and unpicking it and rewriting it it's partly I'm the kind of person who tend to move on and into a new project rather than go back and redo an old one. It's of its time. You can see the publication date. And there's a lot that still stands. It's, it's kind of the stuff around the edges that's changed. There's the fundamental insights about the culture and the history of barbershop in, in the UK still stands. I think at a theoretical level, which is kind of the heart of it, it's sound. You, you, you could read that and understand the culture quite well. Just some of the details of actually how things are done might be different. And in terms of the blog, you, you, you're saying you're always thinking about moving on to new things. Uh, has, is there plenty more life, do you think, in helping you harmonise? It was funny. When, when I did my 10th anniversary post, I thought I, I had no idea I'd go on for 10 years. I have no idea how long I'll go on. But it's currently very much part of my, my life, of how I think about things and I've been the, the processes of reflecting and my thinking book I've been going on longer than the blog has so it's not in any immediate danger of being abandoned. Dr Liz Garnett whose blog can be found at helpingyouharmonize.com and if you look across the world wide web and especially on social media well there is ever more barbershop to be found. Facebook groups like British Barbershop Singers and the American Let's Talk Barbershop are in the mix. A brand new podcast was launched just a week or so ago from Deke Sharon, uh, he of Pitch Perfect fame. Uh, it's called Counterpoint and it delves deeply into the world of a cappella. Uh, you may have noticed that our own Finest Hour Quartet have also started a monthly vlog that's a video log. It charts their journey to this summer's international contest and it comes complete with captions banners and some catchy jingles The Road to Utah Okay, hello Happy Welcome. New Year Happy New Year, <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> I don't have a head There you go, there you go <laughs> no, no, there So welcome to the Finest Hour Road to Utah vlog We decided to make this so that you can see our journey over the next six, seven months as we rehearse for our first ever international convention in Salt Lake City. So this is our first rehearsal in 2019. It's the 2nd of January, if you're interested. This month we have coaching coming up with Cindy Hansen. We have a coaching session with Doug Harrington as well. We've got lots of new music to learn. Don't let them look too close. Just a taster there. If you'd like to hear more, then search for The Finest Hour Vlog on YouTube, or there is a link on the Finest Hour Quartet Facebook page. Well, in the past couple of years, one social media site has emerged which collates news and information for barbershoppers on a daily basis. It raises topical and light-hearted talking points, and it posts short, snappy spotlight interviews with well-known singers and directors. For many of us, Barbershop Music UK has become required reading, so I was keen to talk to them and to find out more. The trouble is that they've kept their identity a closely guarded secret. So I contacted them on Facebook, hoping that we might meet at their HQ. I uh, imagined a, a barbershop bat cave deep underground with admission granted only to those who know the signal to be blown on a special pitch pipe made, no doubt, from kryptonite. Alas, no such place exists. Or at least I don't think it does. But someone did agree to meet me on neutral territory. This is Earlsfield. This train is for Guildford. The next station is Wimbledon. So, 
here we are. It's a Sunday afternoon and I'm on a train clattering through the London suburbs. And this really does have the feel of a plot by John le Carre or Ian Fleming. The people behind the social media phenomenon that is Barbershop Music UK are notoriously secretive about their identities. And all I've got to go on is an address of a coffee shop in a small town in southeast England. Apparently, if I find my way there, then they will contact me. So that's where I'm going. This is the venue. Bear in mind that I haven't a clue about the name of the person that I'm meeting. Uh, I don't know what they look like. I don't even know whether it's a man or a woman who'll be making contact with me from Barbershop Music UK. I have told them uh, that I'm a ball bloke and that I'm going to carry my microphone conspicuously. Uh, So hopefully they'll spot me when we go into the coffee shop. Uh, let's, Let's pop in now and see what happens. Are you by chance, John? I, I am, yes. Are, are you a gentleman from Barbershop Music UK? Yes, indeed, yes. I, I, I don't need a password or anything like that, or any, any secret rendezvous signals. I wore a pickled T-shirt, so hopefully you'll be able to... Uh... Oh, you have, yes. yes. You've got a Barbershop Music UK T-shirt. Yes. Right, yes, well, that clinches it in that case. Uh, anyway, really nice to meet you. Thanks very much. What should I call you? For the purpose of the chat, I think Barbershop Music UK is fine. Mr. Barbershop Music UK, okay. Um, let's start talking about your eponymous website and Facebook page. And you, you've got Twitter now as well, haven't you? Yes, um, Facebook page is where it all started. It was just, as I say, it was something just to entertain myself whilst my wife was out rehearsing many times a week. And I obviously naturally thought the idea was to go Twitter and Instagram, etc. But I think Facebook's where it really it all happens. So there's one clue. Your wife, then, is the singer, I'm guessing. Oh, yes. Now, a lot of people probably think that I sing. I should point out that I'm, I'm not the singer. I'm, I'm a massive fan. I've, I've found it very fascinating, everything about Barbershop, and this is why the idea came from. That's, that's really interesting. So you are you're outside looking in to the hobby or the passion for many people. What was it, then, that, that made you feel that there, was, there really was a need for this kind of online Barbershop work? I felt that I was I was very up on the John Uroy, etc. that she sings with, but I, it was something that I was very conscious that I felt that it's something that maybe the UK needed to know, or sort of the rest of the world needed to know a bit more about. So I was, I thought, let's get everybody involved, and it's worked, I think. Everybody seems to sort of mix in and chat. And you have all sorts of topics that you discuss, from from quite serious ones about conventions to to fun ones. You had one recently about uh, people's uh, ten year barbershop memories, didn't you? That's right. Yes. When I set it up, it was I'm not up on techniques. That's not me. And I certainly didn't want any controversial subjects. I think it was more the fact to try and think of things that were, were going to get people talking, and and sort of questions I asked is things that almost everybody else wants to ask. That's where the idea for the spotlight feature came from. Where we took people that, that probably people knew or seen around convention or, or that you almost want to know a little bit more about them. The questions you probably sort of want to ask them if you're an afterglow, etc. But that, that's the idea. And, and it's fascinating to read as well. I think it is very intriguing to have uh, some sort of uh, presence there and you don't quite know who's behind it. What do you think it adds to the site? That's, uh, that, actually, that's a very, very good question. I think that the fact it's people aren't sure. Maybe they don't. Maybe they think they know who runs it. Or uh, the reason being, really, is, is so we we just remain impartial. Um, we give everybody a, a, a chance to have a say. We're not benefiting anybody in particular. It's just that's why we. And it was just it wasn't meant to be actually. But it's just I think we've stuck with it, and it probably works. Because you like the podcast, you, you cover all three barbershop organisations. Are they are they happy to see you? Yes, absolutely, yes. I would like to think that the, I think Sweet Adelines and uh, Labs are very, very chatty people. I think we need to work on uh, Babs uh, members a little bit more. 
What are the subjects then that people engage with most, do you find? When you, what are the things that you raise that, that, that get comments in the tens or the hundreds? I think most features that we run are all the ones which ask people to remember certain things or from bar, barber shop performances of old or favourite things. It's just trying to find something different. But it does, it does work. And where do the ideas come from? Do you have do you have lively discussions around the breakfast table at the moment with your with your singing partner, or, or do you uh, do, do you find that lots of people suggest things to you and say, "Oh, you really ought to have a go at this"? It's a mixture, actually. I think a lot of the questions come from things that are happening either that day or that moment. Either the ten year idea recently, the, the photographs came because we knew that was a trend on on Facebook. But then I've had somebody today who's posted um, their own question, um, which is a brilliant question. It was what are the things that you don't hear people sing about in barbershop songs, i.e. dealing with family members on a Sunday morning, etc. I think that was the point. Um, but it was good, yeah, certain questions like that actually do make you think. Are there any subjects that you wouldn't tackle on the on the site? I, I certainly, although we have touched on it, I, I'm certainly not one to sort of pick up or have my own points of views on rules and regulations, that's not what it's about, but there are a few people that have broached certain things and we've asked them, well, are you what we should change in the barbershop world? And that's very fascinating and maybe people from these organisations are reading these, this thinking, actually, maybe we should change things, so it's not meant to necessarily change anything about the way we all, uh, the barbershops run, but it, you never know, it might, it, it might help. You've been going now, as you say, two years, what have been the highlights for you? Well, actually, the highlight, I got, I've had a couple of mentions now, which was really, really flattering. Um, obviously, we're supporting organisations, so when they mention you, that's brilliant. I shared a video from last last year's uh, St. Louis, which was reposted various times in comments. I had so many new followers from American barbershops, which is amazing. I just I hadn't really expected that. So, even though it's a UK-based barbershop website, it's nice that we're getting up that support from abroad as well. And what about the future? Is there anything new that we can look forward to? Again, John, that's a very good question. Something, actually, I'm, I'm always hoping that people will put some ideas forward. I'm hoping to, to make it to a, a few more conventions and occasions this year and maybe visit one or two choruses. Not letting people know who you are, does that, does that ever present problems? Does it ever get difficult for you? Oh, absolutely, John. You're the lengths we've gone to, to to disguise where we're, who we are and where we're from. We've, we've got people to send uh, badges and magnets from different locations across the UK, not being able to report on things that you want to be able to report on because you're there. So, yes, it's very difficult. Is there going to come a point where you will provide people with your identity? Because you did think of doing it, but you said, when you got to about a 1,000 uh, likes on the page. And I, I remember you posting that on Facebook. John, that's very true. I... I I, was, I didn't have a very persuasive person was, was uh, keen to find out who we were. We did put it to the vote. Um, well, we don't know. I think it's quite nice that we carry on like this and maybe drop a few. I must ask, who got to vote? I, put, I did a poll. I did a poll on my little page. Maybe we'll do another one. Um, to saying, you know, do we keep it like it is or, or do you want to know? But as I say, I've dropped one or two hints and, and obviously doing things like this to, to help promote barbershop and maybe one or two people might now or I think to be total honest you I think most people probably thought that I was a, a lady anyway so maybe this has helped well you're doing a fantastic job let's hope the barbershop UK goes from strength to strength and uh, thank you very much indeed for, uh, for coming to this cafe and meeting me anonymously this afternoon and John thank you very much for wanting to speak to me and uh, yes likewise between us we'll hopefully keep promoting indeed thanks a lot well be James Bond for all I know uh, and yes we did disguise his voice just a little if that was his real voice then you'd definitely want him singing bass in your quartet or chorus can you imagine Barbershop Music UK can be found on Facebook and Twitter and generally all over the internet like a rash a great addition to the hobby and long may they continue great fun uh, the musical references to James Bond came from the Cottontown Chorus and Skyfall was from the White Rosettes, both fabulous performances which, once again, you can see on YouTube. 
Well, finally, let's return to Bristol to conclude this podcast. You'll remember that Avalon and Fortuity, the two champion quartets from Labs and Region 31 in 2018, had joined forces to coach the Labs youth choruses and put on a show. Well, let's now hear from Avalon, whose repertoire includes a song made famous by that classic comedy duo, Morgan and Wise. Bring me sunshine in your smile. In your smile, make me happy, so happy all the while. In this world where we live, there should be more happiness. So much joy we can give to each brand new. Tomorrow, make me happy through the years, through the years, never bring me any tears, any tears, let your arms be as warm as the sun from up above, bring me fun, bring me sunshine, bring me Helen, I'm the lead. Hello, I'm Sophie, I sing bass. I'm Boo, I'm the tenor. I'm Karen, I sing baritones. And of course you are the Labs champions this year, the yeah, quartet yeah, champions. Yeah. Do, you, do you find that life's got, got busier since then? <laughs> um, yeah, a bit. I mean, these guys sort of tell me where to go and I just get there. But yeah, we, we've got... <laughs> we've got. More. Yeah, it happens a lot more this now. Yeah, so we've, we've had a few bookings now. Um, we've got a lot of things in the pipe works so we know we've had we had a fairly quiet end of the year but we've got lots of things coming up in the next few months anything you can tell us about um well we've got tonight's concert next month we're coaching cleave harmony and the month after that we've got two chorus 10th anniversary concerts so we're singing with viva acapella in london and tuxedo junction in leicester that sounds like a tremendous year already booked up but i mean what was it like winning at Labs? You, you come third the year before. Did, were you expecting to win this time? I, I think I still actually can't talk about it without getting a bit emotional. <laughs> it was the best because we heard them announce third, we heard them announce second, and we were like, oh, who's won? Oh, is it them sat over there? Is it them? And then when they said Avalon, I like, I still, it's ridiculous. Pure shock. Yeah, Pure I shock. still I think, still not processed. Whenever we wear our gold medals, we're like, Mwah! it's ours, we won it. So yeah, it was great. <laughs> I suppose once you've won a Labs uh, convention competition, the question is where you go as a Labs quartet from there, because there aren't that many opportunities, for example, to compete internationally. Well, we're quite lucky that um, Labs does have, um, in theory, every year, a competition for quartet champions, um, which the first year they did it, there were three entrants, and then since then I think they've only ever had a single quartet enter, um, but we're quite keen that this sort of becomes a thing. So we're, we're very keen to keep competing in that and encourage some other quartets to do it. And we're also hoping there's usually an invitation for the Labs um, quartet champions to attend BHS um, International just sort of as a guest and sing on the World Harmony Jamboree. So we won't know about that until next year, but we're crossing fingers that they'll invite us and that we'll be able to raise some funds to go over there. They are also, of course, uh, um, taking registrations now for, for female choruses and quartets. Does, does that open up any new opportunities, do you think? We don't know yet how it's going to pan out on the British scene. Um, in the, in the, on the international scene, BHS has said that they do intend to have women's international contests in the future, and some of their... Um, regionals, whatever they're, is that districts. what they're called? District con- contests are having women's competitions themselves now. So we're hoping that that means labs will head that way in the future, but we don't know for sure. I suppose there's another opportunity as well. You, you could down, head down the Sweet Adeline's route. I mean, I, I think Fortuity have sung with both um, both labs competitions and, and Sweet Ads competitions as well. Would you ever think of doing that? Well, we're quite unlucky in that the... Um I mean, I suppose although the labs competition happens on a Friday as well, it happens during half term. So Sophie and I are both teachers, and unfortunately, um, school don't tend to give you days off in the middle of GCSE exam season to go sing barbershop. That's a shame. (laughs) (laughs) It is a shame, but at at the same time, I think we we very much found our home in labs, and we enjoy the style of barbershop in in labs. Um, And Sweet Adelines is a little bit different to that, and I don't think it would suit us quite as well anyway. So it's a shame, but we're not too disappointed. Helen, there's one question I wanted to ask you as well, because of course you sing with Avalon, you also sing uh, with with Scramble, mixed voice chord. Um, I, I'm not sure I dare to ask you this, but which do you prefer? 
Oh, they're oh, they're very, very different. Scramble was a sort of well, as you know, our lead Luke is back in Australia now, and Scramble was a fairly short-term thing with local people, and Avalon is a very long-term thing, and we have we are distant, so we have weekends and things. They are completely incomparable i'm afraid <laughs> i can't i can't say there isn't a preference i love these girls <laughs> and you get to sing lead when you sing with i do us, get to so. sing lead with, with i very rarely get to sing lead with scramble and i quite like singing lead what then is the the secret of keeping a long-term quartet together because you've been, you've been together now for less than two years but you you must just two years this month in just fact. two years yes just yeah. two years yeah. this month but you must have developed a, a a way of handling all this long distance travel. Is, 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 there, is, is there a secret to it? I think it helps a lot that we are very, very good friends. So we really enjoy spending time together. And also we're able to work hard and call each other out on things without it sort of getting personal, without anyone sort of feeling um, defensive or anything about that. And we are also very good at motivating ourselves to do a lot of work in between times. So we quite often will go four weeks without seeing each other. Um, but in between times, we have a little WhatsApp group and we'll all be sending little videos of, oh, here's me teach tracking, here's what I've done today. Um, and so we're quite good at staying motivated that way and giving ourselves lots of things to work towards. Well, long may you continue. We'll look forward to seeing you uh, many times this year, I hope. Uh, Avalon, uh, Helen, Sophie, Karen and Boo, thank you very much indeed. Time for you and Joy to get acquainted So make life worthwhile, yeah Smile, darkness Whenever grey skies come your way Just smile your troubles all away So whistle a tune of gladness Bloom never was in sight The future's brighter when hearts are lighter Avalon with Smile from their gold-winning performance at Labs 2018 convention in Harrogate. And as you heard, some opportunities to see Avalon. They're with Sound Hypothesis in Welling on March the 16th at the Viva Acapella 10th anniversary show. And then on March the 30th, you can catch them at another 10th anniversary concert in Leicester. Uh, this time it's Tuxedo Junction who are the celebrating chorus with Babs Quartet champions the Locksmiths also on the bill. Uh, ticket details for both gigs are on the Avalon Quartet Facebook page and on the websites of either Viva or Tux. 2019 is shaping up to be a bumper year for Barbershop in Britain and I hope that we'll be reflecting quite a lot of what goes on in future episodes of Harmony UK. Do join me then and if you have any ideas, suggestions or comments then do please let me know. Uh, leave a message on the Harmony UK podcast Facebook page. Uh, you can tweet at Harmony UK pod or email harmonyukpod at gmail.com. But for now, as the song says, keep the whole world singing from me, John Beasley. Thanks for listening and bye for now.